as I often mention about these seminars, these seminars are not going to give you the total understanding of the topic. The seminars are actually meant to, to give you the overview and generate the interest for studying. A guideline how to study and generate the interest to study. Like the teachings of Lord Chaitanya has been given by Srila Prabhupada in a book form and Prabhupada himself mentioned that that's the most important, one of the most important books because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave us the essence of all the Vedas and what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave, it was not available before. And therefore, it is very important that we properly study Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings uh, because something very unique, like uh, although Bhagavatam is describing Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, but the real understanding of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan was not really revealed properly before Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that's why uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings are very, very important. And the way Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented it uh, through just conversations with his uh, followers, with his selected followers, like Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, then uh, Sarvam Bhattacharya, Ramananda Roy. And so these instructions that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave were very, very important. And so please make it a point to study these books. Uh, Chaitanya, teachings of Lord Chaitanya is a wonderful book. And Chaitanya Charitamrita also elaborately gives Mahaprabhu's teachings. So, those teachings of different devotees through Mahaprabhu's pastimes with them has been presented in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Srila Prabhupada has given elaborate purport on that and that's why those teachings are so important. Like uh, Srila Prabhupada simplified it for us. Sometimes devotees ask that, uh, should we read other literatures and things? The thing is, yes, you can read, but in a way, it's not so important. Because the teachings of all other acharyas, other advanced exalted devotees in our line have been presented by Srila Prabhupada in a simplified way. So, but anyway, like if after reading Srila Prabhupada's books, after understanding the philosophy properly, one can read, there is no harm. But the point is that when you don't have so much time or ability, 
then Srila Prabhupada's books are good enough. He's giving us all the perfect understanding. So, okay, let me start off with Sarvam teachings with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's meeting with Sarvam Bhattacharya. And through that encounter with Sarvam Bhattacharya, and very wonderful uh, uh, revelation came about. Sarvam Bhattacharya was a great scholar of that time. He was the greatest Nayayik logician of that time. Very, very exalted personality. And he was quite elderly. He was of about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's father's age. And he uh, left uh, Navadhi and he settled in Jagannath Puri. And prior to that, uh, he was in Mithila. Mithila is the place uh, which is the place of King Janak the place of Mother Sita, Sita Devi. So, and Mithila was the place of studying logic, Naya Shastra. So, when somebody wanted to study Naya Shastra, he used to go to Mithila. So, Sarvam Bhattacharya went to Mithila to study. And these uh, scholars of Mithila were so careful about protecting their heritage that they did not allow anything to be copied. They could study, but they couldn't copy the scriptures so that everybody in order to study Naya Shastra will have to go to Mithila. Now Sarvam Bhattacharya was so brilliant that he went to Mithila to study and he memorized all the scriptures. They wouldn't allow you to take, take them in the written form, <laughs> but Sarvam Bhattacharya carried it in the recorded form in his memory. And he came to Navadip and he started to, he opened a school of logic, Nayashastra, in Navadip. That is how Navadip became the place of Naya those days. And those Pandits, the scholars of Mithila, became so upset that Sarvam Bhattacharya stole the scriptures in this way. That they sent some people to kill him. Actually, we can see that those days, these people, although Brahmanas and scholars and in the Vedic scriptures, but you can see that they were so narrow-minded actually, that because there the scriptures were taken away, and Navadip has now become another place to study Naya Shastra. Now people won't come all the way to Mithila, uh, like they will go to Navadip to study. 
they became so upset that they decided to kill Sarvamoha Bhattacharya. And those who were sent to kill Sarvamoha Bhattacharya, they came and reported to him. That looked, I mean, seeing his personality, they became so overwhelmed. They became so, uh, so overwhelmed with respect and uh, love for him that they confided in him. Look, we have come here to actually kill you. And so anyway, then this is how Navadip became the place of Nayashastra and. <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also was a logis great logician in his childhood. This Naya Shastra actually teaches you how to debate and defeat others. And this is how by defeating others, you establish your supremacy as if you have conquered him. And this is how they want to establish themselves. Actually, they study all scriptures and then they use this technique of logic or Tarkashastra debate to defeat others. And uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a great logician, so much so that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he was young, he used to challenge others. And the way they used to go about it is he would make a statement and ask, Can you defeat that statement? And if he cannot defeat, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would establish that. He would defeat himself. Like for example, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu make a point that the day is actually night. The day is actually night. Now the other party will have to prove no, no, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would make a payment a statement. The, when the sun rises or the, other, the daytime is daytime. So the other person will have to prove the opposite way. The day is night. Day is actually night. And so if he cannot prove that, he, if he accepts defeat, the defeat will be complete when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself could prove that day is actually night. So that is how uh, expert these logicians were. Anyway, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was famous for his uh, thing, logic and debate. And as you know, like how he defeated Keshav Kashmiri. Uh, Keshav Kashmiri defeated all the scholars of India, all the great scholars of India. And he came to Navadip. And the last place where he can, if he can defeat the scholars there, then he would be recognized as the greatest scholar of all time in India. Hearing that he was coming, all the scholars, either they were hiding at home or they ran away. Uh, because it would be a disgrace to be defeated. Uh, so they had, and Keshav Kashmiri was waiting. And then one evening, he met Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the bank of the Ganges. And they had a conversation. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked him to, uh, to glorify the Ganges. And so Keshav Kashmiri, uh, composed so many 
shlokas one after another <clears throat> like uh, he was not waiting and thinking and then making the shloka just he kept on reciting like he was so brilliant and then chaitanya mahaprabhu uh, when he then he asked chaitanya mahaprabhu how he what he thought of it his composition chaitanya mahaprabhu said nice very nice there are many uh, uh alankar there are many ornaments in your presentation but there were some defects here and there so when he said there were defects he said keshav patnaik said that in my composition there is no defect and after all what do you understand of poetry you are simply a teacher of grammar the basic like something like primary school teachers you are a primary school teacher what do you understand of phd course <laughs> so chetan mahaprabhu said well i didn't study alankar but i heard people speak about it therefore i got some knowledge about alankar the poetry composition of poetry and then keshav kashmiri said what are the tell me what did you find there defect so chaitanya mahaprabhu pointed out the qualities in from one verse he quoted one verse and in one verse he pointed out so many mistakes i think six mistakes he pointed out in one just in two lines and this is how he defeated keshav kashmiri he was so brilliant anyway so when chaitanya mahaprabhu went to jagannath puri after taking sannyas then he seeing lord jagannath he fainted at that time sarvam bhattacharya who was the the royal pandit sabha pandit of king pratapudra's court uh, he was the, the the scholar of the court so exalted personality so he was in the temple of jagannath puri jagannath temple and so when he saw this young sanasi fainted then he carried him to his home with his students he asked his students to carry him took him to his house and in the meantime the uh nitananda prabhu and others who were accompanying sri chaitanya mahaprabhu they arrived in jagannath jagannath temple and upon inquiring they found out that chaitanya mahaprabhu was taken to the house of keshav uh, house of sarvam bhattacharya so they went to sarvam bhattacharya's house and they found the sri chaitanya mahaprabhu still unconscious in ecstasy one of the symptoms of ecstasy is unconsciousness fainting so mahaprabhu fainted and he was still unconscious so they started to chant the hari krishna mahamantra loudly and hearing the chanting of the holy name chaitanya mahaprabhu came back to his senses so this is how uh, mahaprabhu uh, uh, had his encounter or uh, 
introduction to Sagoma Bhattacharya. And Sagoma Bhattacharya became very affectionate towards him because he was an elderly person and Mahaprabhu was like his son, 24 years old and so handsome, so handsome. And, and then he became a son, he saw him as a sannasi. And then he would see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would chant the holy name and dance. Like he became quite, quite uh, disappointed. That why the sannasi is chanting and dancing? He should be sitting down at one place meditating on Brahman and but he is singing and dancing. It's so sentimental. It's not the it's not befitting a sannyasi. So he expressed uh, his concern and he expressed his uh, desire to teach Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Vedanta. Because by he thought that by studying Vedanta, this young sannyasi Krishna Chaitanya will become serious about his sannyasi. But uh Bhattacharya's brother-in-law, Gopinath Acharya, he knew Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sarvam Bhattacharya was also from Navadvip and his brother-in-law was also from Navadvip. So Sarvam Bhattacharya left Navadvip before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. But Gopinath Acharya knew Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He knew that this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So he told Sarvam Bhattacharya, what are you talking about? He is the Supreme Personality of God here. And you dare to teach him? You are finding faults in his behavior? So Sarvam Bhattacharya got into a debate with Gopinath Acharya. And Gopinath Acharya pointed out to Sarvam Bhattacharya that you are unfortunate, that's why you can't recognize. Although the Lord is there in front of you, but you are not. Because unless and until one receives the mercy of the Lord, one cannot recognize the Lord, even though the Lord may be there in front of him. So then, in this way, they used to have their arguments and debates. Uh, and uh, then when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got to know that Sarvam Bhattacharya wanted to fix him up in his sannas order by teaching Vedanta, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu now said, he, he is my well-wisher. So if he is wishing me well, why shouldn't I accept his teaching? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu agreed to be taught by, taught Vedanta by Sarvam Bhattacharya. So Sarvam Bhattacharya started to teach him and for seven days he taught him about Vedanta. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu just sitting there, listen, listening. Seven days went by, there was no question from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They're just sitting there listening. So Sarvam Bhattacharya began to wonder, is he understanding what I'm saying? So he asked, Krishna Chaitanya, do you understand what I am saying? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, yes, I understand the aphorisms of the Vedanta Sutra, the sutras of Vedanta Sutra, but I don't understand your commentary. 
your explanation of the sutra. So Sarvamatacharya surprised. What do you mean? You understand the the bhashya, the sutra, but you don't understand the bhashya. You understand the aphorism, but you don't understand the explanation. But the explanation is meant to clarify the clarify the aphorisms. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out that no, your your explanation are not actually revealing the meanings of the aphorism. They're covering the meaning of the aphorism. They're not explaining, but they're covering. They're not revealing, but they're covering. So, Sarva Bhattacharya became very upset. What do you mean? My explanation is covering the Vedanta Sutra. Like, and then he asked. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted one. Actually, Sarvam Bhattacharya was an impersonalist. The Shankaracharya's influence in India was so strong. Actually, it is still now it's so strong. His impersonalistic doctrines. That even now, most of the people are covered by that or influenced by that. Like, we, we notice that. Like during Kumbha Mela, there was one side for the Vaishnavas and the other side for the impersonalists. And the impersonalist side was more grand and more gorgeous. And Vaishnava side was uh, not so, not so impressive and such. Uh, Iskon was the only impressive actor happening. And so that shows, I mean, all these people, all these sadhus, uh, practically are uh, Mayavadi. And the Vaishnavas, most of the Vaishnavas, if not Maya, if not Mayavadi, they are Sahajis. So anyway, it's very difficult to find uh, a real Vaishnava in this age. So Sarvam Bhattacharya uh, asked, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then told him, he quoted one verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Atmaramhat verse. Atmaramascha munayo nirgranthopi urukrami kurbanti ahaituking bhaktim itham bhuta gunahodi. That is, the Atmaram, Atmaram, Atma means soul. And Arama, Rama means joy. Those who are deriving their joy from within the soul. That is Nirgrantha. Granthi means bondage and Nirgrantha means free from bondage. Those personalities who have become free from material bondage and enjoying spiritual bliss within. Nirgrantha api Although they are enjoying the spiritual bliss internally, kurbanti ahaituking bhaktim, they render 
अनकंडीशनल डिवोशनल सर्विस टू द लॉर्ड इतम भूतल गुना है दिस इज हाउ वंडरफुल द क्वालिटीज ऑफ द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड इज सो द पॉइंट हियर इज दैट द the exalted liberated souls those who are enjoying becoming free from enjoying spiritual bliss becoming totally free from material bondage they become engaged in devotional service so the mayavadis are saying liberation is the ultimate goal so but this verse is pointing out that that liberated souls become engaged in devotional service there are so many such examples four kumaras they were liberated souls enjoying in the impersonal brahman situation but they became devotees same was sukhdev goswami and so forth so that is the point of that verse that you are saying liberation is the ultimate goal but those who are liberated they become why do they become engaged in devotional service so when sri chaitanya mahaprabhu presented that sarvam bhattacharya gave various explanation of this verse which was not really actual verse the actual meaning of the words they were covered with impersonalistic concept then chaitanya mahaprabhu made that point and in this way he established that devotional service is beyond liberation liberated souls become engaged in devotional service that means devotional service is beyond liberation then uh, graphically also we can consider that when one goes beyond material nature he comes to he perceives the brahma jyoti uh, the other day we are discussing about that uh, through gana when one goes beyond the material nature he comes to brahman realization brahma jyoti brahma sajyoti brahman nirvan but then what is brahman the ultimate of the spirit ultimate region of the spiritual sky no the general spiritual sky is spiritual sky and that sky is effulgent with brahma jyoti like material sky material nature is in darkness this is the world of darkness but in this sky because the sun comes up we see some light but that is not the case with the spiritual world the spirit this the this is the world of darkness but that is the world of light and in that in that spiritual sky in the sky of light there are spiritual planets known as vaikuntha 
Dev and Vaikuntha, the Lord is situated as the supreme personality of Godhead, the supreme Lord and Master. And everyone there is engaged in rendering loving devotional service unto Him. So just liberation is not enough. Beyond liberation comes rendering service. In a simple context, we can consider that. A prisoner, when the prisoner becomes free from the imprisonment and goes out, now he is free from the bondage of the prison. But is that the ultimate situation? To maintain himself, he has to do something there. He has to find a job. Now, what to speak of when one gets a job of the king? Now, is not, isn't that the perfection of his freedom from prison? You got the point. Just becoming free from prison is not enough. When you become free, you have to become engaged in some service. And what is the right kind of service? The service to the Supreme Personality of God. In this respect, we can also consider another consideration. Criminals in the prison, imprisonment, from their imprisonment, criminals sometimes want to get out of the prison. And in order to get out of the prison, sometimes they escape from the prison, right? And they either scale the wall or somehow or other they do it or dig a tunnel from the prison to the outside. Now he may get out of the prison, but is he free now? No, the police will be after him. He'll have to hide all the time. So that is one way of getting out of the prison. But is it the right way to get out of the prison? Or it is a negative way of getting out of the prison? You got the answer. Right? But there is another positive way of getting out of the prison. Huh? That is you appeal to the king. Huh? I'm sorry I made a mistake. I committed a crime. Huh? I am, I'm really repentant about it. And I'm surrendering. I'll unto you and I'll never break your law. Then the, 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 then the king may free him or not may, king will free him. King will see, king will see that his mentality has become corrected. So the king will say, okay, let him out. So the Mayavadis try to get out of the material nature through their austerities and penances without and because they are not surrendering unto the Supreme Personality of God, they cannot really become free. They may escape from the prison with their austerities and penance, but they will not be free. That's why the verse the other day I also mentioned, uh, their situation has been like Arujyakrichena Padampadam Tata Anadrita Jushmadankai. Jiyanna Aravindaksha Vimukta Maninas. 
in order to become free, vimukta manina. But jayanna aurobindaksha, the disregarded the lotus eyed supreme personality of God, didn't submit unto him, didn't accept his authority. But in order to become free, they may be elevated or they may reach that parampadam, the muktipad, the freedom, the, the region of liberation. By dint of their austerities and penances. Arujya, Arujya means elevated. Prichena, by means of austerities and penances. Although they come almost to the parampad, the state of liberation. But patanti adha, they fall down. Why? Because anadrita jushmadangrayo, because they have disregarded the lotus feet of the Lord. So the point is, unless and until one surrenders to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is no possibility of him becoming liberated from material bondage. So that is what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out through this verse. Through this verse, like you are saying, liberation, liberation, uh, and Brahman uh, liberation, and this is the way we have to do this, we have to do that, and so forth. But no, that's not the way. Because although you may try to become liberated from material bondage, you won't be able to become free from material bondage. So this is how Sarvam Bhattacharya was defeated. And naturally he was a very exalted personality and now he has been defeated by a young boy, a 24 year old young boy. So he was very, very upset and he was crying. He was, he locked himself up in his room. He was so disheartened. Due to this defeat, he was thinking that he will teach this boy about Vedanta Sutra and make him fixed up in his sannas order. And now he is smashed by him. So that night, he had the darshan of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His form. He saw his six arms, four arms of Narayan, holding disc, mess, lotus and conch. And two arms holding the Danda and Kamandalu. And then he also saw him with two hands, he is holding the bow and arrow of Lord Ramchandra. With two hands, he is holding the flute of Krishna Chandra and with two hands he is holding the water pot and stick of the Sannasi. So this is how he was blessed by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He recognized that this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then he composed hundred verses, Sarvabhoma Satakam. And the first verse, he was also such a great scholar. 
that he could just recite poetry in the form of prayers to the Lord. And he started to offer his prayers. Vairagya Vidya Nija Bhakti Jogam Shikhartha Mekah Purusha Purana Shri Krishna Chaitanya Sharira Dhari Kripam Budhijastamaham Prapadde Vairagya Vidya Nija Bhakti Jogam The knowledge or science of renunciation which is Nija Bhakti Jogam, his own devotion, devotion to himself. In order to teach that, in order to teach the science of renunciation, which is his own devotion to himself. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sharirodhari. Sri Krishna has appeared as Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Shariradhari. Kripam Budhirja, one who is an ocean of mercy. Ocean of mercy, Kripam Budhirja. Stamaham Prapadde, unto him I offer my, I offer myself, I surrender myself. So in this way, Sarum Bhattacharya, we can see, that although at the beginning he did not want to accept Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but he accepted now. One of the greatest scholars of India, one of the greatest scholars of India, who was opposed to accepting Mahaprabhu as an incarnation of the Lord, the Lord himself, now he has surrendered himself to him. So this is the way we actually recognize that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of God. He is not this so-called Bhagavan. Some illiterate followers say Bhagavan this, Bhagavan that. And everybody says, yeah, Bhagavan, Bhagavan. Chalo, Bhagavan agaya. Bhagavan kya karenge? Hamko pet ka bimari Cure Karenge. Bhagavan Kya Karenge, Hamko Rolex, watch Denge. Bhagavan Kya Denge, Cash Denge, or Ash Denge. So these are the Kalijuk Bhagavan. During Krishna's time also, there was this kind of Bhagavan, Pondraka. Some of his followers started to pep him up, jack him up. You are actually Vasudev. And he also started to think, yes, I am Vasudev, because my followers are saying that I am Vasudev. And he wrote a letter to Krishna. I am the real Vasudev, and you surrender those symbols, mainly Sudarshan Chakra. Send it back to me. It actually belongs to me. Otherwise, you come and fight with me. Krishna laughed. Everyone in the assembly laughed. Look at this fool. <laughs> and Krishna's reply was, yes, I'll send you the chakra, my chakra, but not to your hand, to your neck. So, and Krishna went. 
to fight with him. And then also they had a big laugh. They saw that he put up two artificial hands. <laughs> he had two arms and he put on two other arms to pretend that he is Chaturbhuj, four-armed. Dressed up like Krishna, you know, had got two artificial arms and holding conch, this lotus and mess. So we can see even during Krishna's time, this kind of false Bhagavans were there. But the intelligent thing is to recognize the real Bhagavan. Because then only one gets the benefit. Otherwise, those Bhagavans, what can they do? They themselves are suffering in the material world. How can they relieve others' suffering? Anyway, <clears throat> so in this way we can see that great personalities who at first did not accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, eventually did. And Sarvam Bhattacharya is one such personality. And he became a Vaishnava, he became a devotee. He became a very, very loyal follower of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Sarvam Bhattacharya, in this way, became a devotee. Now the news reached to the Mayavadi community. Are Sarvam Bhattacharya has become a Vaishnava. What a disgrace. He gave up his Mayavad and became a sentimental Vaishnava. And one person who was very upset about that was the head of the Sannasis in Banaras, Baranasi, Prakashananda Saraswati. Uh, Prakashananda Saraswati uh, and the, uh, the the Mayavadi Sannasi community became very upset, headed by Prakashananda Saraswati. So on the way to Jagannath Puri, I'm sorry, on the way to Vrindavan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Benaras. And <clears throat> they all started to blaspheme him. Seeing that he is chanting and dancing. And so they started to blaspheme. What kind of sannasi is this? Chanting, singing, dancing. Is that the business of a sannasi? Sannasi should be absorbed in studying of the Vedanta. Sannasi should be moaning, should not speak. He should just sit at one place. Should not eat, should not drink, should not sleep. And just breathe. Force, force. <laughs> that is the business of a sannyasi. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard that. People came and reported. Mahaprabhu just laughed. He did not say anything. Then he left for Benares. I'm sorry, left for Vrindavan. So when he came on his way back from Vrindavan, he stopped again in Varanasi. And there he was staying in the house of Chandrasekhar. He was staying in the house of Chandrasekhar and he was eating 
at the house of Tapan Mishra. So, and they were great devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, they used to hear the blasphemy and they couldn't tolerate that. And they used to think that let us just give up our body instead of listening to this blasphemy. So at that time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took mercy upon them. So at that time, when Brahmana came and said, Look, tomorrow I have invited all the sannyasis to take prasad in my house. So please, you also come. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu usually did not go to any of those invitations. He used to avoid the sannyasis. And so, but this time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted the invitation. He said, okay, okay, I'll come. And all the sannyasis of Varanasi assembled there. Those who used to laugh at him, mock at him, blaspheme him, speak bad about him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and there's a, when the guests come, there's a place where their feet are washed. And then, then they come and take their seat. Because those days people used to walk barefoot. Therefore, it was a cust natural custom, not like the custom that we are we have developed in Iskon. Like <clears throat> wearing socks, wearing uh, shoes, coming, Maharaj, can I wash your feet? Sometimes even after I take my bath, they ask me, can I wash your feet? I said, look, I wash my whole body, why you wash my feet? <laughs> so, but the thing is, it was a natural custom those days. Because uh, people used to walk barefoot. And then when they came, they washed their feet. Now naturally, the place where they, where they washed their feet, it was seen to be a dirty place. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after washing his feet, he just sat down there. Although there was an elevated place, a stage and thing, uh, where all the sannyasis were sitting, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat there. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes that sitting there, he displayed some uh, opulence. He displayed some uh, red. Everyone saw him, effulgent, glowing, a brilliant light coming out of him. So Prakashananda Saraswati immediately came up and he said, why, why are you sitting in this place? Come and sit with us. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in a very humble way, humble mood, he said, look, I'm not qualified to sit with you. I am uh, sannasi, but in a lower order. Like, Sankar Sampradaya has ten kinds of sannasis, ten names for sannasis. Das Nami sannasis. They are Tirtha, Aranya, Sagar, 
वन पर्वत गिरी सरस्वती सरस्वती इज वन ऑफ द एग्जॉल्टेड बॉडी तीर्थ एंड सरस्वती आई थिंक तीर्थ इज द हाइस्ट एंड देन द सरस्वती एंड बट पूरी चैतन्य महाप्रभु टूक सन्नास फ्रॉम फ्रॉम वॉट इज चैतन्य महाप्रभु सन्नास गुरुज नेम यस सो ही कंसिडर्ड हिमसेल्फ टू बी फ्रॉम अ लोअर ऑर्डर एंड सो दैट्स वाई ही से दैट आई एम आई बिलोंग टू अ लोअर ऑर्डर ऑफ सन्नास so i am not qualified to sit with but prakashananda saraswati by the time very affectionate towards sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and he said no no you come and sit here so he brought him caught him by his hand brought him and told him that you are a sanyasi why do you behave like that Sanyasi's business is not to sing and dance and display this kind of sentiment, and <clears throat> so uh, he was there speaking to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very affectionately in this way. Said, yeah. uh, "You belong to Sankar sect. You are a you are a sanyasi in the Sankar sampradaya, and." you are living in benaras so why don't you mix with us we belong to the same community we all belong to the sankara sampradaya and besides that why do you sing and dance like that that's not the business of a sanyasi these are the activities of emotional sentimental people but you are a sanyasi you should be very qualified sanyasi you should be grave Why not engage in the study of the Vedanta? That is what all the sannyasis generally do. They study Vedanta and recognize, try to understand that they are not this body. They are spirit soul, and the spirit soul is one with the absolute Brahman. That is their conclusion. Not this body, spirit soul. and the spirit soul is spiritual therefore that is brahman situation so so he asked why do you act in this way then shri chaitanya mahaprabhu said guru more murkho dekhi korilo shashu my spiritual master saw that i was a fool therefore he suggested that you do not have the right or qualification to study vedanta you simply chant this hari krishna maha mantra he put it in a different way that what he actually meant in this age there is no need to study vedanta in this age age what really matters is to chant the holy name of god hari krishna hari krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 
So he pointed, he told them. And then, I don't know what happened. By chanting the holy name, I lost myself. And I started to, I became mad. And I started to dance, I started to sing, sing like a madman. So I went to my spiritual master and told him, Guru Maharaj, what kind of mantra you gave me? By chanting this mantra, I became mad. This mantra made me mad. <laughs> so in this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained his, explained his situation. And then, <clears throat> He said, then my Guru Maharaj told me that yes, this is the result of the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. One who chants the Mahamantra properly, yes, he becomes mad. But he becomes mad in Krishna Prem. And that Krishna Prem is the ultimate goal of life. So now your life is perfect. You have received Krishna praying. So that is the ultimate goal of life. And Prabhupada explained in that way that that actual Vedanta is to become a devotee of Krishna. Vedasya Anta. Vedas end, end of the Vedas. The end of the Vedas is devotion to Krishna. Vedas are giving various branches of knowledge. Initially it is Karmakanda section of the Vedas. Karmakanda section of the Vedas teaches one how to enjoy in this material But can one really enjoy? Can one really enjoy in this material nature? Although one tries to enjoy and in order to enjoy he thinks that if I get this I'll be happy, if I get that I'll be, I'll be able to enjoy. But ultimately what happens? Ultimately he realizes that in spite of all his endeavors for enjoyment, he is just ending up becoming miserable. An intelligent person realizes that. A poor man wants to be a rich man, and a rich man wants to be a king. But ultimately, what one realizes? That by becoming rich, I was not happy. When I was poor, I thought if I become rich, I'll be happy. But when I became rich, I was not happy. Then I thought, if I become a king, then I'll be happy. I became a king, still I'm not happy. Then I thought that if I become the king of the entire earth planet, I'll be happy. So I became the king of the earth planet. But still I am not happy. Then I thought, earth planet is not the right place for enjoyment. I must go to the heavenly planet. 
So I went to heavenly planet. Still I am as miserable as I am. So then ultimately what one realizes? There is no enjoyment in this material nature. Where in this earth planet or hellish planet or heavenly planet or even the position of Brahma, everyone is suffering. Everyone is suffering. So that is the real knowledge. So then one tries to get out of this material nature. And that uh, endeavor for mukti takes him to the next level of Vedic wisdom called Jnanakanda section. Karmakanda section, then Jnanakanda section. And at the end of Jnanakanda section, uh, after receiving Bohunam Janmanam Ante, Gyanavan Mang Prapadati, one who is really Gyanavan, one who is really in knowledge, Mang Prapadati surrenders unto me. This also has, can be seen in this way that Gyanakanda section ultimately takes one to the platform of yoga, Ashtanga yoga. And in Ashtanga Yoga, after practicing Ashtanga Yoga, when one achieves this perfection, then he comes to the platform of Samadhi. The perfection of Yoga is Samadhi. Samadhi is the state when the yogi sees the Lord in the heart. Because the Lord is there in our hearts. Allowing the spirit soul, the super soul, the supreme personality of Godhead, as super soul or Paramatma, is there in the heart. Now, through the process of yoga, when one achieves perfection, he sees the super soul in the heart. Paramatma in the heart. So, when he sees the super soul in the heart, then he surrenders himself to the lotus feet of the Lord. So this is how the perfection of yoga actually leads to prapatti or sadhanagati or surrender. So that is the ultimate perfection of yoga. That is the ultimate point of samadhi, uh, ultimate point of jnanakanda. And in this way, transcending karmakanda, one comes to jnanakanda. And transcending jnanakanda, one comes to the point of Surrender, property, such or sharanagati. And this surrender is the beginning of devotion. When one surrenders unto the Lord, then the loving devotion actually begins between the Lord and the devotee. So this is how the gradual elevation brings one to the ultimate point of devotional service. That's what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out. The real Vedanta is not just some speculative practice of unnecessary speculation. The real purpose of Vedanta, real Vedanta, Vedas Anta is surrender to Krishna. 
वेदश्च सर्वैर अहमेव वेद्य इन ऑल द वेदर्स आई अलोन एम टू बी नोन अहम एव वेद्य आई अलोन एम टू बी नोन कृष्ण सिंह सो इन द वेदर्स वॉट इज द पर्पज ऑफ द वेदर्स टू रेकग्नाइज कृष्ण अहमेव वेद्य एंड दैट्स वाई ज्ञानवान मांग प्रपद्धते By transcending the Ganakanda platform, one comes to surrender to Krishna, and this ultimately, uh, in the yoga point also, yoga ultimate point of yoga also has been pointed out. Hari Krishna Purushottam Maharaj, Jai Shri Prabhupada, Bhakti Purushottam Maharaj ki. So. <coughs> so ultimate in the sixth chapter at the end uh, of sixth chapter describing the yoga system what is krishna saying uh, that uh that joginam opi sarvesham among all the yogis joginam opi sarvesham sarvesham all the yogis मदगतेनातरात्मना वन हुज माइंड हेज बीन एट्रैक्टेड टू मी श्रद्धावान भजते जो माम विथ श्रद्धा वन हु इज रेंडरिंग डिवोशनल सर्विस टू मी सौमे जुक्त तमो मत ही इज मोस्ट इंटीमेटली कनेक्टेड टू मी द पर्पज ऑफ योगा इज टू लिंक विथ द लॉ and the most intense relationship or connection to the lord is shraddhavan bhajate joma one who with shraddha rendering devotional service unto me he is most intimately connected to me so this is how prabhupada is pointing out here that the actual vedanta chaitanya mahaprabhu sisway with his discussion prakashan of the saraswati pointed out the actual vedanta is devotion to krishna and <clears throat> vedanta means last knowledge last word of vedic knowledge uh, is to understand krishna vedaishya sarvai ahameva ved and that's why uh, the proper way to study vedanta should be followed by all and then uh, then he also pointed out that the real commentary of vedanta is shrimad bhagavatam vasudev is the proponent of vedanta vasudev actually presented the vedanta and he gave the commentary of vedanta which is shrimad so what can be more authoritative commentary than shrimad bhagavatam sometimes some sampradayas say that we do not have any sampradaya because we do not have any commentary on veda vedanta that is the custom like all even all vaishnav sampradayas also the sampradaya acharyas given commentary 
on Vedanta. Ramanujacharya gave his commentary, Madhvacharya gave his commentary, Vishnu Swami, Nimbarkacharya gave all their commentaries. Sridhar Swami gave his commentary. But it is said that uh, that is the that is the argument that came up in Jaipur. Jaipur, uh, uh, the Govindaji's temple was being uh, worshipped. Govindaji's deity was being worshipped uh, by the, uh, uh, I think, Sri Sampradayas and Sri Sampradaya Vaishnavas. And they didn't want to accept Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu's line saying that your line is not bona fide because you don't have the commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So, uh, but the thing is, uh, uh, this actually went, this challenge actually went to Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. At that time, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur was very old, so he couldn't go there to accept the challenge. And he was lamenting, what to do? They challenged me, but I cannot go. So, Baladev Bidda Bhushan, he was Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's Shiksha disciple. He was a young man, erudite scholar. So, he went to accept the challenge and they wrote that one. So they, he made the same presentation. The natural commentary of Vedanta Sutra is Srimad Bhagavatam. That's why uh, our Acharyas did not write commentary on Vedanta. But they wouldn't accept it. So he just said, okay, then give me one week. I will come up with a commentary. And so he, within this one week, he wrote the commentary on Vedanta, which is known as Govinda Bhashya. He did not give the thing as his commentary, not Baladev Bhashya, but Govinda Bhashya. <clears throat> and it is said that Govinda Dev himself wrote the commentary. Govindaji himself wrote the commentary. And so this is how it has been time and time again it has been presented that actual commentary on Vedanta is pure devotion to the Supreme Personality of God. So <clears throat> and it has also pointed out that what is the ultimate effect of chanting the holy name? The ultimate effect of chanting the holy name is we'll become mad. But it is not mundane madness, it is transcendental madness, which is called Premananda. Premananda Sukhi. In love for Krishna, one becomes mad. And at that time, uh, Hashati, Roti, uh, 
nittati unmadavat. The devotee laughs, cries, dances, rolls on the ground like a madman, unmadavat. Anyway, but we are not so interested in that stage because we have the business to preach. If we reach that stage and start behaving like madman, then we won't be able to preach. So that's why, like, our business is not to aspire for it. Prabhupada said, it will happen when the time comes, it will happen. Service now, samadhi later. And that is our business. And we simply depend upon Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. And we know that he is extremely merciful. So, and because of this encounter with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Prakashananda Sarasati became so influenced that all the sannyasis of Venaras, headed by Prakashananda Sarasati, became Vaishnavas and they all started to chant the holy name of the Lord. The next morning they all came to the bank of the Ganges chanting the holy name of the Lord, dancing in ecstasy. They all came surrounding Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They went and took their bath in the Ganges. So this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu delivered Prakashananda Sarasati and the sannyasis of Venaras. Hare Krishna, Gaur Premanande, Hare Hare Gaur. Questions? First let me take three and three and then if we have time then we will just take three. I can see there are other questions also, couldn't reach there. We'll do it afterwards. Because we have to do Bhakti Vinod Thakur's Pushpanjali and Guru Puja. Okay, so we have four. There is room for two more. This one is from Nimai Sundar. Nimai Sundar is very smart. He sends one page, but he sends three to four questions each time. <laughs> Hare Krishna. <clears throat> Surrender is the key and we, after coming in Krishna consciousness, understand that it is not just a matter of one-time affair, rather it is an ongoing and continual process. So question, so what is surrender in practical sense? Surrender in practical sense means manasa deha geha jo kichu mor orpilu tuapade 
Nanda Kishore. My mind, my body, my house, my bank balance, my family, <laughs> all I am offering to you at your lotus feet, son of Nanda Maharaj. That is, nothing is mine anymore. Amar nahito ami. Even I am not mine. That is surrender. How can we ascertain whether we are surrendered or not? Very good question. How can we make out whether we are surrendered or not? That we can make out by constantly questioning, is it for me or is it for Krishna? It's not for me, it's for Krishna. Right? We learn to surrender through Guru and sincere devotees. So what if in spite of having associated with the best of the institution and having qualified and bona fide guru, if one fails to take the advantage of them, then what is his fate or can he make advancement? Well, you see, the ultimate surrender will not take place immediately. As you were saying, it's not a one-time thing, it's a continuous thing. So, you know, like we may uh, join the movement, we may take initiation, uh, we may practice devotional service, but straight away we may not become fully surrendered. But if we remain on this platform, practicing the process, then it will happen. Uh, we may not be perfect now, but if we practice the process, then yes, we will become perfect. Vinita Ramchandani. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please. Okay. Yesterday you had mentioned we need to change our attitude. But even though I try to change my attitude, I am still overcome by anathar's like uh, anger, greed, pride, etc. What to do then? Keep on practicing with faith. Like if there is a disease and the doctor treats you and gives you the medicine, you may not get cured straight away. But if you keep on taking the medicine, then you will get so just keep on practicing the process and result will be there if you do it sincerely. So next is Devashri Radhika Dasi. Guru Maharaj, okay, please accept my humble obeisance. Okay, you beautifully described how devotional service is both the means and the end. We have also heard that any amount of uh, 
devotional service that we render is not diminished it is carried forward however if an individual who accepts krishna as a supreme personality of godhead but never receives adequate knowledge to take to the honor to take to the authentic path of devotional service or rather thinks the path of liberation is the ultimate does krishna take note of this and provide him an opportunity like he did to all of us thanking you your daughter devashri radhika very good question that yes when we render devotional service it always stays with us there is no loss or diminution of the devotional service that we render it always stays with the spirit soul but as you were saying like your question actually is that if an individual who accepts krishna as the supreme personality of godhead or god but never receives adequate knowledge to take to the authentic path of devotion then what happens to him yeah because he has accepted krishna and if he is not an offender especially if he is not a mayavadi then yes he'll get a opportunity krishna will give him a chance to come across a bona fide spiritual master and thus he will get an opportunity to become involved in devotional service and make further progress <coughs> next is jamuna priya devi dasi ye guru maharaj mai humla bhishan se dastu shilashri all glories to shri prabhupada i understand that preaching to mayavadis is strongly prohibited but in iskon do we totally avoid preaching to such people even though they may be open to our ideas and especially in the preacher if the preacher is skilled and tactful like some of our iskon sannyasis what is iskon's take on this i was wondering jamuna priya so <clears throat> no preaching to the mayavadis is not prohibited listening to the mayavadis is prohibited <laughs> you can preach to mayavadis that reminds me of one incident like uh, when prabhupad was in rishikesh see many people used to come to see shila prabhupad yeah the time was from 5 to 6 prabhupad used to give darshan and some people those were and then we used to take them out and uh, some people those were interested they would sit there and we should we would discuss with them and <clears throat> so i was just a new devotee at that time just got initiated uh, 
in Mayapur and after Mayapur Srila Prabhupada went to Bombay and say about month and a half, two months after my initiation. So, so one day there was a young sannyasi, Mayavadi. So I got fired up. I thought I'll preach to him. So I started to preach to him and he became, he was kind of coming up with his Mayavadi arguments and uh, it kind of became quite heated. I was shouting at him and I actually took that verse, Badanti Tattvam, and I was pointing out that Brahman realization is the initial stage. But the more advanced stage is to recognize the super soul. And the higher stage is Bhagavaniti Shabdati, to develop relationship with the Lord. And that can be done only through devotional service. So, anyway, after that, this person left. And <clears throat> then Prabhupada sent Upendra Prabhu. Prabhupada's personal servant at that time. And he came to me and said, Prabhupada is calling you. And when I heard Prabhupada is calling me, then I realized that I was screaming at that guy just next to Prabhupada's room. So Prabhupada must have heard. And, and now Prabhupada is going to chastise me. So I went to Prabhupada my heart really pounding <laughs> in anxiety. And so Prabhupada asked, so what are we doing? I said, Prabhupada, I was preaching. <laughs> Prabhupada asked, so what are we preaching? So I told what I said to that Sannyasi, who was a Mayavadi. Then, I explained what I said and then Prabhupada told me. Then I asked Prabhupada. And the Prabhupada was silent for a while. So then Prabhupada asked, so? Now I asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, did I say anything wrong? Prabhupada said, no, whatever you said is very true, correct. So, so the preaching to Mayavadi is not forbidden. Uh, Prabhupada proved it. <laughs> okay. Okay, these are minas. So <clears throat> Jagat Jivan Das, what is the significance of Danda and Kamandalu for Sannasi? In ISKCON, what is the criteria for keeping Danda Kamandalu? Is it not compulsory? Uh, danda signifies Danda. <laughs> danda means punishment. Danda. Danda also means sticks. So they, this, they, there are four sticks. Although it's called three danda, but there are four sticks. Those three, out of four, these four, three sticks are indicating the body, mind, and words. And 
the super soul is watching uh, so and commandalu because the sannyasis travel they used to carry a water pot because the water is not available everywhere therefore they would carry some water with them and what is the standard in iskon well iskon is sannyasis are preaching they generally what happens are it's up to it's kind of optional after generally it is said that one can keep his danda for 10 years and then after that he can he may not carry his danda and also i notice even before 10 years sometimes they stop carrying because for international travel when you're flying and all it becomes a little difficult little cumbersome to carry the danda Next one is Shampiari Dasi Guru Maharaj. My question is: Ishwarpuri was a sannyasi from Sankarshampradaya. How he was knowing that Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the highest? Well, Hare Krishna Maharaj. गौर नारायण महाराज की इन दैट ऑल दो इट वॉज अ शंकर संप्रदाय सन्नास बट इन दैट लाइन माधवेंद्रपुरी एपियड एंड माधवेंद्रपुरी was considered to be the the seed of bhakti lata or seedling of that in him krishna bhakti actually manifested and from him ishwarpuri got it so that is how ishwarpuri also had the hari krishna mahamantra that he gave to chaitanya mahaprabhu When I visit Govindaji Temple in Jaipur, I see the localites are very much devoted to Govindaji. They sing beautiful bhajans. However, they don't chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra and don't know Chaitanya uh, because you are not preaching. Because we are not preaching, like uh, that reminds me when I went to Jaipur. there is a temple where govinda ji where baladev vidyabhushan wrote that and it is known also the place where govinda bhashwa is written or but in that temple a part of the temple belongs to i mean occupied by some that that sampradaya You see, the king was patronizing that sampradaya, so they had their situation, their location there, and they just don't want to accept that Baladev Vidyabhushan defeated those sannyasis. Like this is how 
you know, like unfortunate things are happening. But the main point is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to deliver the fallen souls in the age of Kali. And those who don't want to accept Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with their misfortune. As I mentioned the other day, that Chaitanya Charitamrita actually makes a very heavy comment on that. That just because, just as Jarasandha and Shishupal, although they worshipped Narayan, but did not accept Krishna, they were considered to be demons. So those who even worship Krishna but do not accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they fall in that category. So, rather they will argue against Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. And they will totally not only disregard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but they will get into all kinds of arguments. So, Like another thing is the Ballav Sampradaya. Ballavacharya was a follower of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Even Ballavacharya's son, he actually patronized for the books to be brought from Vrindavan to Bengal. When uh, <coughs> Srinivas Acharya Narottamdas Thakur and uh, they were carrying this, the books uh, to Bengal. It was decided because Bengal was the place where preaching was going on. So there was a need to bring those books to Bengal. And it was Ballavajariya's son. Their family was very wealthy. They were living in Mathura at that time. They actually patronized this transport. Getting the bullock cart, getting the bulls, getting the boxes and all that. But then they turned turned around so much, so that they not only disregard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they start, they call, uh, they call Ballavacharya as Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not Mahaprabhu. Ballavacharya is Mahaprabhu. They have nothing to do with Gauriya Vaishnava Sampradaya. Why? Because when Chaitanya Charitamrita came out, they found that Mahaprabhu made some very heavy statements about Balavacharya. But the master can chastise the servant. <coughs> but that doesn't mean the servant's follower should go against the master. Unfortunately, that's what is happening. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Ballavacharya submitted to him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Ballavacharya was fine with him. But his later followers could not swallow that. Anyway, so I can take a few more questions if you have written down. So this one is from Arti. Is that this yours? Okay. Oh, Kirti Kumari. And it came to your account. 
The following two questions are from Kirti Kumari on your past two lessons. Uh, please answer them if you feel they are appropriate to be answered in the session. Uh, question one, when we speak about the reasons for Krishna's appearance, we refer to Paritranaya Sadhana and Janmakarma Chame Dibbam. Yet it seems that when Krishna appeared as Buddha and Shankaracharya, he did not fully accomplish these aspects. It seems he compromised when it comes to presenting the essence of the Vedas. Krishna is in the Gita also seems to compromise by saying, if you can't do bhakti to this or that, etc., knowing well that that would not give the highest result, Lord Chaitanya, however, on the contrary, never compromised or even bluntly rejected everything in his conversation with Ramananda Rai. And even bluntly rejected everything in his conversation with Ramananda Rai. Acharyas in our line, including Srila Prabhupada, never compromised the essence. Why do Lord Chaitanya as a devotee and the Acharya display such an uncompromising mood? Is it because they are more compassionate than Krishna himself? Well, the first thing, I don't know Kiti Kumari whether you are online. Uh, the first consideration is that Buddha came with a specific purpose uh, and indirectly you see it is Paditranaya Sadhana. But he did it uh, for a specific mission, so he had to do it in a certain way. What was the mission? Stop the animal sacrifice. And the animal sacrifice was going on in the name of the Vedas. So what is the easiest and the simplest way to stop animal sacrifice? Don't go to the Vedas. And actually, uh, by following the Vedas and animal sacrifice, these people were causing a lot of damage to themselves. That's why as Buddha, he actually took them from that path and gave them the path of non-violence and the life of honesty and simplicity and the goal of life being Nirvana. So he did what was needed at that time. And then Shankaracharya came Shankaracharya is not an incarnation of Krishna. Shankaracharya is an incarnation of Lord Shiva. And he re-established the Vedas. So that's why Buddha and Shankaracharya doesn't seem to be directly dealing with the main aspect of the Vedas. That is devotional service. But they were, as I mentioned the other day, on the field of atheism or Buddhism, Shankaracharya dug the foundation. Do you see the foundation when the building comes up? No. The foundation remains underground. Foundation goes in the opposite direction. The building will go this way, foundation goes that way. So the building is, the temple is worked. The four Vaishnavacharyas established. And then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established the deities of Radha Krishna. 
you mentioned that animals have shrunken consciousness i have read that animals in the dham upon leaving their bodies go back to god okay as the as long as they are an animal body their consciousness is in a shrunken state when they leave the body and receive the mercy of the lord that's a different issue altogether we see that bharat maharaj had to take the body of a human being and did not go back to godhead after completing his dear pastimes despite the fact that he did not have shrunken consciousness so he have from animal platform he did not achieve the perfection of the spiritual entity of the soul so he had to come back again get the human form practice devotional service and then go back on the contrary the deer was fully conscious and also krishna conscious so we have to consider to what extent he was krishna conscious when he was in the deer body and as i said he was a jatishman he could remember his past life but he was not in a position in the deer body to render devotional service as such but even in animal body somebody can achieve pure devotion like hanuman and the monkeys although this is all depending upon the lord's mercy does that mean that just the potency of the dham gives the highest reward for going back to godhead even if the entity has shrunk in consciousness yes uh, this is the uh, benefit of the holy dham but not that all the animals that are that die in the holy dham will go back to godhead some may but some others may get a human form and practice devotional service actually these are all very complicated you can't uh, say you can't just point down that this is the way no there are various possibilities in various ways one can achieve a spiritual perfection So next question is from Chitrangada. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. <coughs> Sorry. Please accept my respectful and humble obeisance. Guru Maharaj, can you explain what happened when Sarvam Bhattacharya realized the greatness of the Lord and gave up the Mayavad, Mayavad tendency? did this mayavad philosophy get uh, defeated and the followers gave it up and followed the lord's teaching yes when one becomes aware of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu's mercy then he gives up mayavad philosophy and takes to the process of pure devotional service and that's what happened to sarvam bhattacharya as i mentioned he is glorifying chaitanya mahaprabhu as tamaham prapadde i am surrendering unto him as a mayavadi they don't surrender unto anybody they become 
Brahman, they become the absolute truth. They become Narayan themselves. So the next question is from again Jamuna Priya. Second question, please Jamuna Priya. This is a okay. You have two questions. Yeah, one before and this one. Okay. Uh, you said the other day that we must make it a point to chant from the heart and not just the lips. I try to do that sincerely. That is what I strive for. It is hard enough to dealing with a stubborn, talkative mind. But what makes it ever more difficult is when devotees around talk instead of chanting during Japa time. He is so it is so destructive to the point of annoying. Try to find a quiet place. Still there are some who talk. What to do, Guru Maharaj? And I feel I may be developing an offensive mentality when this happens. I beg that if you don't mind, then please do not mention my name. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made it a little too late. <laughs> please forgive me, my beloved spiritual master and father. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nobody will mind it. It's a very, very pertinent question. And rather I feel good, I feel happy that you asked this question. So the first point here, upon reading, upon hearing this question, what did you learn? Everybody, did you learn something? Those who learned something, raise your hand. What did you learn? Arti, what did you learn? Very good. How many of you heard what she said? Don't talk while chanting. Do you think it's a good advice? How many of you are going to follow this instruction? Very happy. Jamna Priya, what about you? Okay. Uh, please don't chant, don't talk while chanting. Actually, <clears throat> Bhakti Prem Maharaj sets a very nice example. I notice he sits in the temple room and he wants the devotees to sit with him and he finishes his rounds there. In the temple. So please make it a point to do that. Try your best. Try, at least try your best. And if at all you have to talk, and if you're chanting, sitting in the temple room, get out of the, get out of the temple room and then you do your talking. Even attending phone calls. Don't attend phone calls when the chanting is going on. When others are chanting. You go out of the room. 
How many of you will do that? How many of you will remember that? Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So next, last question. Fortunately, I've been able to finish. Kishori Devi Dasi. Guru Maharaj Ji, Dhanavad Pranam, Prashna. Kal ke class mein, aapne bataya ki Bhagawan Sarvada Sarvatra hai. Aur Bhagawan, Bhagavad Gita mein bolte hai ki paani ka swad mein hoon, suraj ka tej mein hoon, chandrama ka prakash, phul ki khushku. To mein, in cheezoh mein, Bhagawan ko practically kaise mahshus karein karo. पानी पीते हो कभी-कभी <laughs> कैसा लगता है पीने से जो लगता है वो सोचना कि ये भगवान है भगवान का प्रकाश सूरज के रोशनी जब देखती हो तो कैसा लगता है ये सोचना कि ये भगवान का ही प्रकाश है ऐसे हम हमारे चारों और जो कुछ हो रहा है उसके द्वारा हम भगवान को याद कर सकते हैं असल बात ये है हर समय में हम जब नहीं कर सकेंगे लेकिन इस तरह हम कृष्ण भावना में भावित हो सकते हैं ठीक है थैंक यू वेरी मच ऑल ग्लोरीज टू शिल प्रभुपाद गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि